you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, a live literary event series from LAist. We are back with guests, author Amanda Montel and actor Bella Lavelle. You can find us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum. Tickets at LAist.com slash events. Hey, Evan. Hey, Layla. Yay, here for my tattoo. Ladybug today, right? Ladybug today and touch-ups on the 10-line Doom Beetle. Ready? Yeah. Hey, what's up? From Alias Studios, this is Human Nature. I'm Marcos Trinidad. Every week, I'll invite you to get out into the nature of your neighborhood with the help of people who see the world a little differently, like my buddy, Leela Higgins. Leela, what's up? Thanks for coming out. Marcos, I am so excited to be here this morning. (laughs) She's a senior manager of community science at the Natural History Museum of L.A. But what you really got to know about Leela is she loves beetles. You could say she's got beetle mania. She photographs their little buggy faces, paints watercolors of them, and she's even got a pretty cool beetle tattoo on her forearm. Your new beetle tattoo. Oh, my new beetle tattoo. Yeah, do you recognize this beetle? Is that a fig beetle? It's the ten-lined June beetle, which is very closely related to the fig beetle. That was my second guess. When she stopped by recently, I asked her where her love of nature came from. All right, so where are you from? Tell me about yourself. Tell me where did you grow up and um, what were your experiences like with nature? I grew up in England on a little farm. Both my grandparents were farmers. Um, So I lived down a country lane. I was surrounded by sheep fields. And I used to pretend to be a badger in a hollow tree. Uh, literally my sister and I would go off by ourselves without any adult supervision. And there was a tree with three holes at the bottom and it was very sandy soil. And we'd go, we were small enough to go inside of the hollow tree and go all the way through out one of the other entrances. I'm sure loads of spiders must've been in there, but I just, (laughs) we we just were like so into it. Yeah. And badgers don't care that there's spiders in there. Badgers don't, badgers like are into the spiders. They're like, long long hair don't care. (laughs) I I lived in that house until I was 14. And then that's when I moved to the U.S., which was total nature shock. Not just culture shock, but nature shock. I did not understand this new environment at all. It was so different to back home. Everything in England in like the spring, summer is so green and so verdant. How did you feel going from all of that nature to now Southern California? I remember being like, wow, it's just like houses and more houses and more houses and it just keeps going. Everything's more gray, brown tones for like Uh, especially if there hasn't been any rain. And so I saw that as not alive. And I didn't understand that that space was alive. It's interesting that 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 is, or was your your point of view or just that introduction, because 
that is common for people that actually live here. And we all know like it's LA's a desert, but it really is not. And even when people use desert in that term or in that way, they're using it to to define something that doesn't have life. But in reality, deserts also have life. It's just different. Yeah. So with this new way of exploring Southern California, getting out here and being in nature, there are a couple of things that, that you can't ignore, specifically in an urban environment. Beetles that are flying around in May and June. Can you talk to us about these beetles? They're about the size of a Tic Tac, shiny. They come out in the evening, on warm evenings like May and June, and they're attracted to lights, and they'll come to your porch light. They'll often be hanging out on your screen door or on your like window screens. At my mom's house, I remember we'd have the porch light on at night, and all of a sudden, these little brown beetles would be showing up, coming to the light. And we didn't have a screen door on um, the front, so we couldn't, like, they never attached to that, but they would attach to the screen windows. And then sometimes you'd see them, like, crawling around right outside the front door, like, on your threshold. And then sometimes you're like, don't step on them! And so I'd be the person, like, moving them so, like, other family members wouldn't step on and the beetles. And they look like honey smacks, little honey smacks. Uh, and they probably sound like a honey smack if you <laughs> step on it and they crunch like that. Um, Definitely. Like, they have armor on them, so not that I go out trying to kill these bugs, <laughs> but they're really hard to kill. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, they've got an exoskeleton, hardened exoskeleton, and they've got those elytra, the, the wings, the protective wings, and those are hard, um, and that's a way to, for them to protect themselves. They're not very good flyers, like you said. They are very uh, kind of bumbling they're kind of so is it because of all of that armor and extra protective material that makes them clumsy flyers yeah they're kind of heavy like all big insects all big beetles are really not great flyers but um you know the green fruit beetle that we see flying around here that um kids sometimes will catch and put like a little like piece of string or dental floss on and fly them around those are another type of scarab. They're they're even bigger than the June beetles. Um, and I was actually at a tailgate party for a Chargers tailgate party, and one was flying around. And I'm like, oh, I don't have my insect net, but they're such slow flyers. And I had a beer in one hand, and I caught one out of the air in the other hand. And like, it was like a family reunion, and they're like, whoa, you're such a cool member of our family. What? After the break, little beetles that could bring you good luck. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. 
Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS for a morning of multilingual story times, interactive performances, art making, and lots of kid fun. Bring the whole fam and join us for a super fun Saturday at LAS in Pasadena on June 1st. Tickets at LAS.com slash events. See you there. So one thing I want to get into is beetle mythology. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the mythology that surrounds June beetles? So June beetles are a type of scarab, and there's so much mythology around scarab beetles. So, you know, back to ancient Egypt, obviously you've seen the mummy, right? Yes. Yeah. Jens, you should come and have a look at this. And the scarab beetles that come through and eat everything. Whoa! Yeah, do Hold it! Do something, do something! Not that, not that! The sun god Ra was associated with scarab, and dung beetles are a type of scarab beetle. So just like the sun goes across the sky, the dung beetle rolls the bowl across the ground, right? And so there's that. And dung beetles are really awesome because, like, they can navigate using starlight. So birds can navigate using stars, right? And we humans can navigate using stars. But these dung beetles are the first insects to be discovered to navigate. And they use the light of the Milky Way to, like, navigate across the landscape. That's so amazing. It's freaking awesome and then the research that they did was they put little cardboard hats on the beetles (laughs) so they couldn't see the sky and then they saw that they weren't as good as navigating when they couldn't see the sky and on overcast nights they're not as good at it but they can still do it um but they need to see the yeah can we make little cardboard beetle. beetle hats i think we can i think we should so stag beetles are another type of scarab and they have um two pinchers or mandibles on the front that look like stag horns. So that's why they got called stag beetles. And in England, they were thought to be able to control the weather, like thunder and lightning. And so folks back in the day were like really scared of these stag beetles. And they have like really big pinchers on the front of their mouth, like these mandibles here that could like hold things or pinch a human being. And so they believed that these beetles could control the weather and they would cause lightning to come in like Norse mythology. They were believed to be associated with Thor, the god Thor, who was able to like control thunder as well. Some people thought that they could carry little embers in their mandibles and then burn down people's houses. Wow. So yeah, so there was there was like they were like these beetles are scary. Were to there us. any beetles that were not associated with with Death and Destruction? <laughs> death and destruction. Like <laughs> oh, maybe the, the ladybug. Yes, the ladybug. So a lot of mythology around the ladybug and the different names of the ladybug. So in different languages, a lot of them get translated to God's little cow or cow of God. I know, isn't that cute? And they are red. The Virgin Mary used to have a red cloak in all the like religious iconography before they started having blue cloaks because of how expensive lapis lazuli was to make blue paint. So they used to have red cloaks for Mary, and then because ladybugs often have red elytra with the black spots, 
that was a reason that they got associated with the Virgin Mary and to bring good fortune and to bring good fortune to crops because they eat aphids, right? And in Norse mythology, the ladybug is associated to Freya, which like pre-Christianity coming into that part of Europe, that was the goddess that they worshipped. And then kind of the Virgin Mary became supplanted afterwards. Um, So the ladybug end up getting the great PR agent and everyone got stuck. Yeah. And um, and still today, like, if a ladybug lands on you in some parts of the it's world, they're like, it's good luck. Yeah, exactly. And there's, like, all this folklore, like, if it lands on your hand, it means you're going to get married uh, or you're going to get new gloves or, you know. <laughs> I, and then, I immediately <laughs> went to money, but. <laughs> or you're going to get some, like, you know, a windfall of money. What are you noticing, if anything, about beetle population? Is there any evidence of the populations decreasing or increasing because of any of the the impacts that humans have? So there's over 400,000 species of beetles on the planet. So there's a lot out there. But overall, insect populations are on the decline. Some species of beetles do really well. So we've got ladybugs, right? The native species of ladybugs around here, there's these spotless ladybugs. Have you ever seen those ones that just like have no spots and they're kind of like really bright blood red almost? But then the one you're going to probably see even more commonly is the multicolored Asian ladybug, which was an introduction from Japan for agricultural purposes. And then the seven spotted ladybug, which is from Europe, also introduced for agriculture. And so those ones are very highly populated out here, and you see them more than sometimes you see the native species. We want the native species here, um, and we want the, you know, the seven-spotted ladybug to be cool with good populations in in Europe. But um, sometimes some of the introduced species are not doing well in their home range. And they're doing better in a different And they're doing better in a different place. And so then it's like, do we want to lose that species completely, or... It's complicated. After the break, Leela's beetle fever gets contagious. As a farmer's son from a desert region in California, J.B. Hamby thinks a lot about water. I spent a lot of time digging up history, particularly about water, which is the origins of the Imperial Valley. How this 28-year-old became the youngest lead negotiator on the Colorado River ever. And how he could shape the most consequential negotiations to date. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water dealmaker, wherever you get podcasts. Hi, I'm Tracy Thomas, host of One for the Books, and we are back for another round. This is clearly an NPR audience. (laughs) I think they're so smart. What the hell? My guests this time are actor Vela Lavelle and author Amanda Montel, whose new book, The Age of Magical Overthinking, is out now. Join us on May 15th at the Crawford Family Forum for book talk, trivia, and hot takes. Tickets can be found at laist.com slash events. Right now, things are starting to heat up, and this is the time of year that I start to see those darkling beetles going across the trail. Um, the little black beetles, a little bit shiny, um, also known as stink bugs. The ones that stick, stick their booty in the air. Exactly. And they're like, don't come near me. I'm going to stick my 
abdomen into the air, and I'm going to release a foul-smelling odor, which has quinones in it, which is the same sort of, like, stuff they use in um, developing photography. And so it's, like, that kind of, like, acrid smell. Mm -hmm. And if you get... Have you ever got close to their rear end in the air and, like, smelt it or had it on your hands? Uh, you know, I've never smelled it as... as Many as I I've seen, I, I think I've always got the the hint. Yeah, I have a lot of friends who are like, oh, I really didn't like insects that much until I started to know you, and I still don't necessarily like them. But the fact that you like them, Leela, makes me appreciate them more. They are like, oh, you you're gonna you're gonna put the beetle on your face, <laughs> or you're gonna like put the beetle. And kiss it on camera? Like, what? okay, you really love them. So I think that, that that just helps other people appreciate. And I think that, you know, I I love taking pictures of beetles' faces up close because I think that they're, insects are so alien looking, right? And they're not furry um, and they don't have big eyes like mammals. And so they're very, very different than our body design. They breathe differently. They have little holes down the side of their body that they breathe in and out of that. They can sometimes hiss like the 10 line June beetle, this tattoo. They make a hissing sound from like letting air out under their wings. And that all sounds very weird and kind of creepy, creepy or freaky to some people. Yeah. No, and straight up creepy. And so like I've been doing a series of painting like insect portraits. So just their face. And even though they're still so different than the way our face looks, it's. It's a thing that helps us humans to connect to them, I think. And so I love taking really close-up pictures of their faces. I love painting their faces. I just love showing the different parts of the insect that maybe people haven't seen because they haven't stopped and looked. After talking with Leela, I went out to Deb's Park with one of our producers, Carla. We wanted to see if we could find some beetles. You know, it's pretty early, so I'm hearing a lot of birds, and it's pretty awesome. I try to do a walk at least three times a week in this park. I'm normally focused in the bushes, in the trees, and just absorbing all the sounds. But today I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna look towards the ground. I know I've seen them multiple times before, but I kind of just walk over them or walk past them. <laughs> and I learned so much from Leela that I want to pay closer attention. I think focusing on the ground, looking for bugs, helps with your, your footing. <laughs> Making sure that, that you don't trip. I should probably practice it a bit more. There's a lot of activity. Oh, look, there's a little baby. Oh, yeah. A baby bunny. Look how cute it is. You see him? Yeah, he's so small. Do you think he sees us? He knows something's up. Like, 
you're hiking and then you know all of a sudden you just start to see different things especially when you slow down and and open yourself up to making those observations right here wow okay so I just walked on to this little stink bug and it is okay it just noticed that I'm here he is so shiny this is really cool of course I always have to get a, a pick this little stink bug <laughs> is not that big it's about the size of a quarter and it has this really shiny texture. It almost looks like it's it's, it's armor. <laughs> and right now, um, it is not agitated. It's just going about its its business, doing its thing. Oh, there's another one. Oh, cool. See how quick you <laughs> you like go over it. I'm gonna try to get a pick of its cute face. There is always a rush when you set out to go find something. There's this like, am I gonna find it? What else am I gonna see? Because you're always gonna see something. You're going to see something. But when you actually see what you're setting intention to see, it's pretty fulfilling. Oh, and there's one in, in a hole over here. This is the, the spot, multiple beetles in in this area that one actually looks agitated his booty's up in the air human nature is hosted by marcos trinidad and produced by caroline champlin and me carla javier kelly prime is our story editor fiona ing is our acting supervising producer Mixing and engineering this week by Hasmik Pagosian and Parker McDaniels. Ex Manana composed our music. Doris Anahi Munoz is the music supervisor. Human Nature is a production of LAS Studios. The marketing team created our branding with art by Christine Tyler Hill. Special thanks to Taylor Kaufman, Sabir Brara, Kristen Hayford, Kristen Muller, Andy Orozco, Michael Cosentino, and Neha Sheda. Antonia Cerejito and Leo G are the executive producers for LAS Studios. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. That's all for this episode of Human Nature. See you next week. Alayist has a new live event series with the James Beard Foundation. We Are Where We Eat will go behind the scenes of some of your favorite L.A. restaurants to find out how and why they do what they do. I'm Austin Cross. Join me for the first event where we'll explore how restaurants help make a neighborhood and we'll all have something delicious to eat afterwards. It's May 22nd at the Crawford. Get your tickets now at LAist.com events.